Do you know more about Real Housewives than you do about your own family? Do you have strong opinions about Cody Brown's move to Flagstaff? I know I do. If that also sounds like you, then this is the podcast for all your reality TV pleasures. Recaps of episodes, reality TV news, and whatever I may feel like sprinkling in between. Come along with me, your host, Catherine, on my adventures in reality TV. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Episode 9 we're on now. Holy moly. Shit's getting real. Uh, sorry for the delay. I was a little busy. Uh, when was it? Last week? Wednesday? Week and a half ago, probably, is when I uh, did my last episode on Sister Wives. So, yeah, it was a little bit of a delay, so I apologize. I'm, I'm trying to get myself on the schedule of recording on Sundays, but sometimes shit just happens and, you know, you gotta move some things around. Anyways, so today, um, we have a lot to talk about. There's a lot of reality TV going down this week. Um, many people who watch Bravo and follow the Bravo universe know that BravoCon was last weekend in New York. I didn't realize this was the second BravoCon ever. I was listening to the podcast Come Through Queen, which is a great podcast. I just started listening to it. And they had a segment in their most recent episode um, talking about one of the hosts went to BravoCon. And I didn't realize, yeah, that this was the second year it was happening. The first year was in 2019. Then we had this little pandemic. So that kind of put the kibosh on things for a minute. But now... It's back, and this year it was massive. I think I was hearing reports of like 35,000 people attended. Um, as we know, there's a lot of shit going on in the Bravo, or I'm sorry, in the Beverly Hills Housewives universe with Kathy Hilton and Rinna. Apparently, during the Beverly Hills panel, Rinna was booed and she was just eating it all up. Like, it's so obvious Rinna is just soaking up her villain era and thinks like she's making a career peak with this but anyways <laughs> i i do not want to go into ramblings about beverly hills right now that could be uh, another sunday not today today is for the, for my potomac girls but um an interesting part about the beverly hills uh, panel was that there were some reports like oh fans were stampeding uh, up to the panel and trying to see everybody and it kind of created this whole fuss that like Bravo fans are getting out of hand and they're becoming ridiculous <laughs> but um, I also heard other reports that like it actually wasn't a stampede it was you know people were trying to see Andy walk the convention floor but then also rush back to get into the panel to get their seats who knows Nobody except the people actually in the group probably know. So that's pretty interesting. I've heard a lot of people on podcasts and stuff are saying like, this is ridiculous. Bravo fans are getting out of hand. And on one hand, I totally do agree. You know, if we're, if we're stampeding these women, eh, I think we've, I think we've missed the mark, ladies. It's not, and men, whatever, whoever is watching fucking Bravo. But uh, like, I don't think that's what happened. I think what it is is it's a early conference that, you know, I think in 2019 it was much smaller. And so this year it was its first convention of its size. And, you know, 
disorganization will happen. Uh, messes will happen. <laughs> and I can imagine next year it's going to probably look a lot different. I, I think it will be even bigger in terms of attendance, but I think now that they've... The first big shebang with so much going on, too, in the shows, you have... You know, the Jen Shaw stuff going on in uh, Salt Lake City. We have the Kathy Hilton and Rinna feud going on in Beverly Hills. The new Roni cast. A lot of, like, big explosive news is happening on Bravo. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with that next year. In terms of, wow, do they, taking what happened this year and making it into the, the conference next year. Anyways, I'm talking too much about this. Um, another big thing. Love is Blind Season 3 is back out. I think it came out, what, Friday? Saturday? Thursday? Friday? Something like that. And I watched the first four episodes, I'll be honest. I was, like, in my phone a good chunk of it. For me, Love is Blind, like, the first four episodes to me, like, when they're in the pods, are so boring. They're all the same. Most of the conversations are the same. It's pretty easy to tell which people are going to be the focus of the season and which ones aren't. Which makes... It takes you out of this idea that it's like anybody could meet somebody. And that anybody could be a person that, that lasts on this show. It's very obvious one of the girls, Colleen, who is a ballet dancer and wants everybody to know that. And she thinks that everybody is very interested in the fact that she's a ballet dancer. It's, it's so clear. The reason she is here is to get married. She does not care who it is with. Which I guess some people would argue is maybe the point of Love is Blind. But also in some way the point is that you're supposed to find somebody and not know what they look like and fall in love with them based on that. Where Colleen... Is like, oh, that guy didn't want me, that guy didn't want me. Oh, finally found one. Our lady here, she is determined to get that Instagram following. She is ready to be on the reunion. She's getting herself a spot on this cast, okay? And damn it, she did. <laughs> so, like, it's really hard to find myself <sighs> staying fully engaged in this story now. Mostly just because I know, like, all of these people are trying to find a match. Not because they actually want to get married, but because they just want to be influencers. They just want to be able to make it to the end of the season, make it to after the altar, you know, get the following, make that money, start the podcast with all the sponsors. Like, it's so obvious now. But I'm going to keep watching. <laughs> Especially because um, in episode four... The couples have all, you know, made their pro have proposed, accepted, and then they go off and spend like a few days on a resort in Mexico, you know, getting to know each other, essentially like banging and figuring out that they actually are kind of physically attracted. Are they not? Do they actually like each other now that they're living together and seeing, oh, you're not just a voice in a wall telling me everything I want to hear. You're actually like a gross human with terrible habits, you know. That type of shit. In the fourth episode, though, there's... Yeah, they came out with epi four episodes. The first three, they're in the pods. And, like, 
well, I guess first two and a half episodes, they're in the pods talking, meeting up, um, couple start getting together, and then about halfway through the third episode is when the group, they, they come together and start, like, spending the night together and, you know, getting to know each other physically, and then in the fourth episode, they have their, like, mixer where they bring everyone that's coupled up together where they can, like, meet their potential other partners, like the people that um, they almost were engaged to or did vibe with and stuff. And I can tell now that <laughs> Love is Blind is really leaning into this um, interacting with the exes thing now that they had Shane and Shayna last season and they had, you know, the Ayana mallory Jarrett type of shit and i'm seeing some of those same tropes are being kind of like re uh redone um you know in the fourth episode there's this guy bartice and he (laughs) he meets raven this girl who he potentially well he did propose to her and she uh declined because she thought that she had a better relationship with another guy sk who she does get she does get engaged to mind also bartice was telling raven at one point in the pods like this really traumatic story about like his parents having a major fight and like breaking up and stuff and in the middle of this entire story raven is like doing jumping jacks and pilates and shit and of course bartice then sees her in person See, she's fucking gorgeous. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah, I I think she was pretty hot. Yeah, she's she's still good in my book. Yet, (laughs) his other fiance, poor Nancy, the one he actually did propose to, is like, what? It's very much an Ayanna, Jarrett, Mallory situation in my eyes. But we'll see how it plays out. Um... You know, and then there's also actually a couple of couples that I do think... I shouldn't say all of them. There is one couple, uh, Brennan and... Oh, shit. Alexa. That's her name. Who I bet so many people are pissed off at every time the TV... <laughs> they hear her name come across the TV. So many Alexas are going to be triggered by that. Anyways, they're a cute couple. Uh, Brennan is a guy with an unfortunately receding hairline. Uh, but he was wearing a cowboy hat as soon as he came in and I thought I was going to hate him. And that's me judging a book by its cover and finding out I was wrong. I'll admit it. I'll admit it, okay? So, him and Alexa, I think, are a pretty cute couple. Uh, they, in a way, they kind of give me Danielle and Nick vibes that it seemed unexpected, maybe unlikely, um, especially when he told me that he made, especially when he told her that he made Israeli food, I was like, what? I, I just was not expecting him to say that, but they seem like they get along well so far. Um, I have high hopes for them, maybe. And then there's a couple other, um, of the couples that, you know, we'll see. I don't know if it's just producer-driven conflict that they're trying to make us wonder, will they, won't they? You know, I guess that's that's what the fun of the further episode of the later episodes are is because that's when we start to see the actual drama unfold. You know, I don't really care to see them like go between 
pods and be like, my family is so important to me. Oh my God, family's everything. Me too. It's like, okay, that's not interesting. Or like, what are you going to do as soon as you come home from work and I'm there? Are you going to come right to me and give me a kiss? Are you going to go like right to the room and like need your alone time and stuff? And then they'll be like, no, I'll come right to you, honey. You're always going to be my first priority. It's like, shut up. Oh, some of these people, I'm like, you are so obvious. Just the sappy bullshit you're putting on because you... You've only talked to this person for an hour, so it's easy to say that forever you're going to be like, you're my number one. You're my everything. I'll shit on your chest and eat it forever. That's how much I love you. I've never seen you. I know nothing else about you except what you're deciding to tell me, but everything about you is amazing, and I can't wait to marry you. (laughs) I talk a lot of shit about this show, even though I do feel very hyped about a beanpack um i also saw a lot of funny commentary about the guy cole who is pretty much the shane of this season somebody posted a twitter meme a picture of him and was like wow i didn't know amber burnett's kid is already on this because <laughs> he's definitely very broy, very douchey asks the ladies if they own dogecoin um so yeah that will be interesting to see him and zineb his fiance. Uh, they're painting it out to be that they're not going to get married. I, we'll see. I I think that's a red herring that they're throwing out at us. But, um, you know, I could be wrong. I, I would like to think that uh, my I've done polls in the past of like, will they, won't they? And have been completely wrong for the second season. So... I, I really have to be agnostic to all of this. The only people that I really don't think are going to get married is Nancy and Bartise because Bartise now is like foaming at the mouth over Raven and has no problem hiding it from Nancy. Uh, so yeah, we'll go from there. I don't want to go into like a huge recap of this stuff. I'll probably do it for the later episodes when, you know, they're actually all like interacting and establishing their lives together and figuring out do they actually want to marry these maniacs and stuff like that. So you know, we'll go from there. But I will say the first four episodes, they're a good watch. Uh, I was kind of in my phone for a good chunk of it until episode four when the exes all meet together and they mingle and, you know, that type of shit. But yeah, um, check it out on Netflix. Do that whole dang thing. What else is going on? Oh, uh, the new season of Winter House started. I watched the first episode last weekend. It's fine. They're trying to push this, like, Craig against Luke thing, and it will never work in my mind. Craig, get Craig off my screen. Craig needs to be off Winterhouse. I'm so sick of seeing him and Austin everywhere now. I'm done. Get him off of here. They're on, already on Southern Charm. Now they're infiltrating Summer House, and now they've become a part of Winterhouse, and I'm sick of it. Also, in my mind, Luke is my Midwestern himbo king my hockey hunk he could do no wrong in my eyes and i want to see him pulverize craig's pale tiny ass into the snow of vermont that's just me um and i'm sick of seeing him and Paige like tout themselves as like the hottest shit ever on bravo when they're not uh they're just they're they're overplayed they're played out get out of here get out of here that's all i'm saying about winter house but um 
I'm not. I'm not gonna recap it. I'm. Like I said, I'm tired of Craig on my TV. Get him off Winter House, and maybe I'll come back. At this point, though, I choose peace, and I choose myself, and so I will not be engaging with Craig's dumbass or or Austin's. I can't believe though that during the Southern Charm reunion, I actually liked Austin more than I like Craig. What is happening in this world? Uh, okay, enough. Let's get into some Real Housewives of Potomac. We're back at the DMV, baby, with our ladies. I am so excited. Real Housewives of Potomac is a golden star in my sky, in my world, in my everything when it comes to Housewives. These ladies bring it. They're funny. They have no problem giving each other shit and then becoming friends. They're not like fucking Beverly Hills and OC that are will die on these stupid ass hills to not move a storyline along and you know all the stuff that we're seeing in Beverly Hills took ages to get to and in Potomac we're jumping right into the good stuff we're jumping into Ashley and Michael's divorce we're seeing the stuff that they're trying to pin on Chris there we're seeing Mia's cancer shit already I mean it is jumping right in both feet in and i am here for it anybody who is not watching that is a housewives fan a bravo fan and is not watching real housewives of potomac you're missing out you're doing yourself a disservice plain and simple so we kick off the episode we see the cherry blossoms are blooming and the national mall we're seeing all the beautiful monuments all that fun stuff it's springtime in dc baby <laughs> and so the ladies are meeting for a lunch and what we see to who do we see together first giselle and karen i love it like that's why the potomac franchise is the best like like i said before beverly hills could never this is right into it i love that we can always see giselle and karen no matter how much they beef i mean remember last season you know brocor from hampton university type of <laughs> You know, you got a hot box type of shit that Karen was throwing at Giselle. But now, here we are, gathering to break bread in the park. And <laughs> we see Giselle. This is when we hear that, like, Ashley is uh, TikTok dancing. You know, because Ashley looks a smooth 21 and can dance in a size zero dress. So, she's the perfect demographic for becoming fancy on TikTok. <laughs> And then also, right away, we hear that Ashley told Giselle that she is getting divorced from that nasty-ass man, Michael Darby. And, you know, are we not surprised? <laughs> it's about damn time, as Lizzo would say. And they're setting up for the picnic. Robin shows up, and she's looking great. She's got a different hair color. She's kind of going for a more red look. I really love her green blazer she's wearing. And then also, our girl Ashley shows up. She's in, like, a leather, bright blue, bedazzled jacket, looking like she's ready to film um, an 80s Pepsi commercial. And we jump right into talking about Mia and her recent post, well, recent when this was filmed, post on Instagram about being sick. And I can't remember what the exact wording is. I'm not going to look up. I did look up the date when she posted it. It was like February 25th. So this would have been like early spring, you know, when the cherry blossoms are blooming. And Robin says that when she saw the post, she reached out 
and you know Mia just said she's okay and there's a lot of stuff going on pretty much what Mia's post said was that she found lumps um, she had some testing done and then she got a call from her doctor and they said you need to get to John Hap- John Hopkins Cancer Center immediately which to most people would indicate oh shit you have cancer and pretty much all the ladies are agreeing it seems very attention seeking on Mia's part Ashley agrees Robin agrees Giselle is pretty much like what's going on here <laughs> and Karen is pretty much the only one that like dances around really saying anything and she says you know this seems kind of judgmental of you which she's not wrong and says it's a different kind of communication so you know Karen says she wouldn't have put it on social media with her health stuff. She would have went to Jesus, and that's that. You know, the Grand Dom is speaking on that. But it's very obvious the the ladies are kind of side-eyeing what Mia posted. They're kind of wondering, like, what is this? What exactly is going on? Um, Giselle mentions, like, at one point she changes what she wrote in the post. That type of stuff. Now... From what it sounds like, and I've seen on other posts, she had biopsies done on lumps that they found. No cancer as of yet. That was back in early April, maybe? So probably after this first episode was filmed. I, I don't know. It, I don't want to say that she would fake cancer. That seems very scary to do. Um, I don't want to throw around that kind of like speculation. That just seems kind of icky to me. However, I do see that the women are kind of what what's going on this isn't the first cancer scam that would have hit bravo and a housewife franchise i'm looking at you vicky and brooks Mm -mm. so yeah and of course it creates a good storyline obviously so yeah that's definitely a big topic of conversation that comes up right away like what is going on it seems very kind of obscure and we'll we'll get into it (laughs) um and then now we get into the divorce with ashley and you know she confirms she says yes they are getting a divorce and they kind of ask up ask her how it ended up this way like what led to finally her deciding she wanted to leave michael darby's bulldog watery eyed ass and i mean what adventure comes down to like we know (laughs) from previous series previous seasons ashley and michael like to party and by party they like to have threesomes with other people whatever and from what it sounds like is ashley had kids and doesn't want to do that anymore which i don't know sounds kind of understandable and it doesn't sound like michael really wants to slow down and it like it seems that they want very different things ashley mentioned she's not really drinking right now and that doesn't really connect well with michael who isn't giving up drinking um and then ashley talks about this instance where they were on vacation somewhere and they met a person who michael wanted them to have a threesome with and then but you know ashley wasn't really down for that anymore she's more of a monogamy girl today and you know I think that's what it basically comes down to is like she's with this horn dog old man fucking Michael Darby that wants to blow lines and fuck people and have orgies and she's just kind of like nah I think I'm gonna take care of my kids and try and get a house maybe <laughs> that's just me and then like 
we hear this is where it gets really murky too ashley is saying yes she is going to get a divorce but we also find out she wants to buy a house with michael and the house will be owned through an llc that they both own (laughs) so all the women are like ashley you're an idiot like you that's not a divorce And they warn her, because I think all three of them have been divorced, that divorces can get ugly, and you are putting a lot into this ass-grabbing, disgusting man. So, (laughs) Ashley then says, like, well, in her mind, divorce is, you know, like, separating the financials, and she kind of gives this weird, obscure definition of what she thinks divorce is, and, like, Giselle very vocally is like no no divorces i'm done and i'm moving on with my life and i'm done with you karen (laughs) karen is like "Mm mm-hmm yes and really is just trying to tell ashley like girl what are you doing do not buy a house with this man that's not what divorce is (laughs) so then karen invites the ladies to her spring into spring celebration of life party as she's calling it and she says she wasn't quite sure what to call it it's uh you know springtime is starting also the pandemic is over they can shake their asses they don't have to have masks on so it's a celebration of life and back to karen's former for uh previous parties where she would send out elaborate invitations we see the one where giselle opens a box of dead butterflies because they were supposed to you know fly out and ah create a moment of magic you also see another video tape that she sent out as an invitation to ladies where she's you know moving back to potomac and she's the grand dame very funny so yeah karen is gonna throw this little spring fling then we go to a scene with candace and chris Crandis is freezing her eggs. Okay. <laughs> I really don't care about that part. They're going to her IVF doctor to find out what she needs to do, take her injections, that type of stuff. Okay. We pretty much find out, like, Ashley wants to freeze her eggs because, you know, she's getting older and if she waits any longer, she won't be able to have any kids. Um, and, you know, right now she's doing the re-release of her album, which... What is a re-release of an album? Like, is it like a deluxe album that she's adding a few more songs? I'm, I'm kind of curious what that is. But I, I would say out of all the housewives that have created music, I mean, we've got Countess Luann's "Money Can't Buy a Class." We got Kim Zolciak Beerman's "Don't Be Tardy for the Party." Wow, wow. What else am I missing? Oh, Ashley Darby's "Coffee and Love." Or coffee and... Was it coffee and... I can't remember that one. But there's... Let's just say there's been a history of terrible housewives performed music. Oh! Melissa Gorga! How could I forget? On display, on display, on display. Each and every day. I will say that's, that's kind of a banger in my eyes. You'll be waiting on me to fall. But you keep on waiting on me, waiting on me. Sorry. I'm done with that. But, you know, Drive Back, Candace's single that we saw her film the video for last year, is actually, it's a, it's a pretty good song. I really like it. And we've heard that 
or we've see we see on the episode Candace has gone on tour a little bit as an opening act for actual like real R&B acts like Faith Evans, SWV um and so you know like I will give her that credit. There's a lot of things Candace is, but I will say that she is actually doing the damn thing with her music. I don't know what an album re-releases, but hey, that's the, good for her, I guess. The big thing, and that's what's kind of going to tie into some of like the explosive shit that happens this season, is we see that Chris is working as the general manager of the W restaurant, I think is what they said, in the Washington Hotel. So, you know, fancy restaurant in a hotel in D.C. And she is kind of giving him shit saying, you know, I need you to have a more consistent work schedule. Uh, she wants him to be home at more of a reasonable hour, even though he works in a restaurant. And restaurants stay open late, especially in big cities. Like, <laughs> you know, she's really kind of giving him the shit. And they, like, bicker about it in front of the IVF doctor for a little bit. But um, it's kind of obvious that Chris has been working a lot working in the restaurant industry is unpredictable and you're gonna have to work a lot which Candace like (laughs) how does she not realize this he's worked as a chef for a long time how has she not come to realize like oh working in the restaurant industry is like long hours late hours often on the weekends like okay (laughs) <laughs> so anyways, that's kind of like the thing that we're going to see a lot of and, and and you'll see how it gets um, in, tied into a lot more shit. And on their drive home, they kind of get into it more where they're saying, like Candace is saying, like, I need you to be consistent. I need you to be home. You're coming home at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. And it, it's just, you know. Chris is having a hard time with it. Candace is having a hard time with it. Yeah, whatever. It'll be interesting. Then, we go to Robin and our old friend Sharice. <laughs> oh, Sharice. I don't I don't really need Sharice back, but whatever. She's fine in like a friend of capacity where she's making a few guest appearances. And Robin throws out a little bit of shade. I, th- I would consider this like a little Molotov cocktail. And she says that she actually thinks Sharice is the actual grand da- dame of Potomac and not uh, Karen. That uh, that's Those are fighting words, I think. And we know that like Sharice and Robin, they show flashbacks of like both of them met from being NBA wives uh, when I think both of their husbands played on the Washington Wizards. So Sharice actually introduced Robin to like Giselle and Karen and all of those people. Now Sharice was on the show, what was it, the first and second season, I think? And she's been divorced since being on the show. And she's filling Robin in saying, you know, like, I've had two and a half boyfriends. And all that fun stuff. She's living her single lady life. Good for her. Now, Sharice asks Robin the million dollar question that everybody is asking. When are her and Juan going to get remarried, essentially? So Robin is married to the former NBA player Juan Dixon. I don't know why that was coming out of my mouth so hard. He played for University of Maryland uh, and then played some pro 
some years in the pros. He played for the Wizards. He played for Detroit for a bit. A few other teams. Um, and then he retired. He also had a cheating problem and was definitely not the most faithful husband to Robin when they were married, and so they did get a divorce. However, I don't think they ever really lived separate and man, it, like wound up getting back together but not legally remarried and lived together and we found out last season like her sons didn't even know that they weren't married or that they had gotten a divorce at all. And you know, Juan had proposed to, uh, was it, uh, late 2019, probably? Yeah, because it was before the pandemic. And so for a while, they were saying, no, we're not going to plan the wedding because of the pandemic. There's a bunch of shit going on. I get all that. And, you know, now it seems kind of like R- Robin's dragging her feet. I think because she's making the bread, making the, she's making the bread, bringing home the bacon, and Juan isn't, and she's kind of, <laughs> and especially based on, like, talking about this prenup and how she doesn't think that Juan is entitled to half of her money, you know, that was, I think she's dragging her feet a bit here, and, like, when the producers asked Robin, she kind of, like, hems and haws, and she's like, well, I feel like we should be married, um, what was the question again? <laughs> okay. So, like I said, they were talking about a prenup, and Robin brings up with Charisse that, like, they had one before when they were married, and now that she's the breadwinner with her hats and shit and making housewives money, she thinks that Juan shouldn't be entitled to half of her money if they get divorced. And Charisse is kind of like, wait, what? Like, so you think I shouldn't have been entitled to half of my husband's money when we got divorced? And Robin doubles down. She's like, yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, that's some some funny shit. But anyways, they don't have a date, whatever. And I don't think they're going to get married anytime soon. I'm just putting that out there. That's just me. Now we go to Mia and her weird-ass husband, Gordon. Um, She's renting a house in Potomac now. She says that she's married. She's married. (laughs) She is neighbors with Karen currently. They live like three miles away or something. And Mia says they spent $65,000 on renovations for a, a rental house. Excuse me, what? It's it's giving money laundering, but that's just me. Uh, and again, we see Gordon's weird ass and his tongue all flopping around, um, greeting some family and friends at the door. They're having a little barbecue cookout at their house and Mia's mom is there remember from last season Mia's had kind of a tumultuous relationship with her mom in the past but she's there and I guess they're making it work her mom is clearly very concerned about like the health stuff going on and that's where Mia tells her like she's had a few lumps and they have they've shown up in her body and I guess they're gonna take a biopsy of them and she has to have a chest scan which you know hearing that as a mother I would assume is probably terrifying I don't know how she just didn't, like, break out into fucking tears and, like, hysterics, wondering, like, how the fuck am I going to get through this? My child possibly is, like, filled with cancer. Ugh. Can't imagine. Anyways, Ray and Karen show up, and, uh, <laughs> there's a funny moment. Ray and Karen are walking up the driveway at Mia's, and Karen realizes, oh, my fly is down. And so she pulls that. Good 
good catch, Karen. So she fixes that right up, and uh, she goes, I at first, I was kind of like, why was Karen only the one invited? But I assume, well, probably because they're neighbors, so that's what they're going to keep it at. And she comes into Mia's. We also find out Karen has done a little bit of uh, zhuzhing to the girls. Her her little tiff and fee, she calls her breasts. So good for her. I think she said it's like a fat transfer or something she did. And, you know, give them a little lift. Gravity has issues with fucking breasts up, as we know. <laughs> So, Karen and Mia sit down, they're chit-chatting, and Karen pretty much tells Mia, like, look, the women are talking shit about your, your cancer post. She doesn't, in in much nicer, less uh, <laughs> accusatory words, but Karen very much is concerned, wants to know that Mia's okay, but she's also telling her, like, look it, the, the girls are giving you a side eye, and... Mia doesn't care. She's like, whatever. Uh, this is my life, and whatever they think doesn't matter to me. So, okay. Now, um, I'd like to also point out, a few weeks ago, and this goes to kind of the point of Mia's weird Instagram posts about big shit and maybe it being attention-seeking. Recently, Mia posted about Gordon and her, like, losing all access to their business financials when they were out of the the country. And it was something like Mia had put all of her faith into Gordon, and Gordon was taking, you know, this hard-earned business and generational wealth and stuff and had transferred into his family's name like maybe some cousins or something and while Mia and Gordon were out of the country the cousins revoked any of their access to the business's financials it sounds all very like fishy it does not make any sense like how is that even possible that you could just like lose all access to your business um I've heard a few few people say like it's it's giving Money laundering is giving tax fraud. It's giving, you know, allegedly, allegedly. We'll see. It's <sighs> Mia always moves with a little bit of sus in her step. I just don't, I don't want to think that someone is faking cancer. I never want to think that. But at the same time, I don't, I don't always believe what she's putting out there. And then with this like $65,000 of renovations into a rental home, like, it feels very money moving. I, I, you know, that's what I'm going to say about that. <laughs> so, um, now we get a flash with our girl, Wendy. <sighs> Wendy, 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 Wendy. You do too much. She does too damn much. And I've, I, I about spit out my water when I saw that Peter Thomas. Cynthia Bailey's ex-husband from Real Housewives of Atlanta is here, making an appearance on Potomac, trying to start another failed business with a woman's money. I can't believe... <laughs> Wendy, you are a brilliant, intelligent woman. And you think it's a good idea to offer Peter Thomas's interests in starting a business with you? What? How about you go talk to Cynthia Bailey and see how her return on investment with the money that he took from her to start his failed businesses is doing. I like, and they meet at a bar one. So I'm like, did one of them actually succeed? Does Peter actually own that bar one still? 
Because we know he has tried a lot of other failed businesses with other people's money. And Wendy, what are you doing? So Wendy wants to open a Nigerian lounge. Okay. Um, and Peter must have overheard this at some sort of social function when she was talking about it. And so he said he wanted to join in on it, being the successful restaurateur that he is. And we see that Wendy is already spread too thin. She explains that she has her professor job. She commentates um, on MSNBC. She owns her candle company that she started for some reason. And she even says, like, she knows nothing about the hospitality and restaurant business. So it really is, like, a foolish endeavor for her to go into this. And uh, and I don't want to discourage, like, women owning businesses, women of color owning businesses. But even Eddie, her husband, is like, you are spread way too thin and you can't do all that you're doing now. Like, I want no part of this. <laughs> um... And we see some flashbacks of Peter's past endeavors. We see a sports bar in Charlotte that he opened and uh, all just the nonsense that he has tried to open and have failed. Um, you know, and <laughs> I just, I can't get over the fact that Peter is here and we're going to see him try and actually convince us again that he will use this money and make it work. I, I, Okay. I know it's also going to be a, a storyline tied in with Giselle and stuff and like are a will they won't they are they that type of shit but Wendy says she adds to this great idea that she wants to also have a children's library in her restaurant bar from two to four uh, and Peter smartly I will say that is one good business plan he has is he says no nobody wants to be around kids when they're at the bar which I can agree so Peter says he wants to do business and he's gotten this letter of intent from the city um, in the Inner Harbor area. Any of my Baltimore, Maryland? I should ask my in-laws. Literally like 90% of my in-laws live in Maryland. I should look at where this is. Um, but I believe it's outside of Baltimore and it's a very fancy zip code as Peter lets us know. Wendy has no idea what she's getting into because they start going into the financials and Peter says he'll put his money up to and they're thinking it would be an initial investment about 1.5 million. So if Wendy puts up 20%, that's about 300K. And Wendy's a bit shocked by that because 300K is a lot of fucking money. And <laughs> I don't think Wendy also realizes too that in the restaurant business, there's a ton of fucking overhead that you have to pay for. And Peter explains to her like she won't see a profit on that money until about like a year and a half. If your restaurant lasts that long, because restaurants have a huge failure rate, and, you know, you can tell Wendy's eyes just kind of, like, glaze over as she's realizing, like, oh, fuck, uh, this is actually a lot more of an investment than I thought it was going to be, and it's not just putting my name on a restaurant and saying, look it, I own a restaurant. <laughs> so... Peter asks if Eddie, her husband, supports her wanting to do this, and Wendy just and Wendy just says like, no, he he wants no part in this. Uh, which I would say on a financial decision is financial uh, sense is pretty good idea. Good on you, Eddie. Eddie knows this is a dumb idea. <laughs> Let's just be honest. So, also, <laughs> I was thinking about it too. I'm like, fucking. Eddie's probably watched Real Housewives of Atlanta and seen Peter's dumbass and his failed businesses. And it's probably like, Wendy, do you know who you're dealing with right now? Like, come on. Uh, 
So uh, we I, let's just be real. She's not going to open a restaurant, okay? This is just a storyline that they're trying to bring up. It, I, like, we all know that. But um, it, it's just funny to see Wendy pretend that, like, she thinks Peter is, like, this amazing entrepreneur and she's going to cr- become, like, a restaurateur maven in the D.C., Baltimore, whatever area. <sighs> Girl, slow down. Just focus on the things on your plate right now. You don't need to do everything. now we're back to ashley good old ashley dobby and she's going over to her family's house we're gonna go see uncle lump ashley's mom is there and uh, we hear a little insight from ashley that since the separation is going on it's kind of given her a renewed relationship with her family because back when you know she was with michael they don't really get along with him because he cheated on her and they hold him accountable you know, just little things like that. And Ashley brings up to her family during their dinner that um, she is having to get a mortgage. You know, she's moving out and she wants to get a house. And that's going to be a, a big thing she's worried about having to pay for. Mortgages are expensive. And so this is when she tells her family. Well, first, actually, what she says is that Um, In a talking head, Ashley says that Michael does well financially. She'll never say what he actually makes. But when it comes to, like, having any idea of how much she would need to make to survive on her own, she has no idea. And I'm like, Ashley. Oh, God. Like, she probably has a credit card that, I mean, maybe her name is on bank accounts. Maybe. But, like, she probably has a, a credit card that, like, Michael pays for and monitors but, like, besides that, like, she really doesn't know anything about how much it would cost to, like, maintain a life. <sighs> girl, girl, girl. <laughs> so then she tells her family um, that she's not planning to get a lawyer. And her family at this point, they're like, are you fucking kidding me? You could tell, like, the look of horror on Uncle Lump's face. He's all of us. He's the Greek chorus. And she also tells her family that um, the that asinine plan about doing the shared LLC and then getting the house and putting the LLC, putting the house in the LLC's name. And, I mean, just a dumb idea. And Uncle Lump just lays it out straight. Like, you are letting this man pull the strings of your life. Like, what kind of life are you living? He literally says, I love it. And he's just like, get a lawyer, you dummy. You're gonna, you're gonna just get this divorce decree in writing. No lawyers to look out for your best interest, your children's best interest, so that you're able to take care of them, that you're able to have primary custody. Like, oh my God, Ashley, you are such. She's like a deer roaming the forest with no sense of idea of what's going on around her. Oh, and she has two children. Uh, yeah, yeah, it couldn't be me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm glad that uh, we got to see that scene with her family, and they were like, Ashley, you are being an idiot right now. You need to get it together. Um, so yeah, <laughs> which we find out she doesn't. Now we go to Giselle's house, and she's trying to pick out an outfit for the spring kickoff, spring into celebrating life party, you know, whatever. And we see, like, Giselle has 
continued her renovations on the house. She's bought, she's got her new entryway, a circular driveway. If you remember from last season, her house was kind of like a hodgepodge construction zone. I really like the idea of the West Wing, her like two-story master suite where she has like an upstairs to it and everything. I think that's a really cool idea, but it is funny to see it like her house when she built that. That addition looked like like someone took some Legos, some really fancy white Legos and like smashed them onto the side of a house that looks nothing like. But now with the new entryway and driveway, it's I see the vision coming together. I'll give my my girl Giselle some credit for that. So Giselle's in her room. She's trying to figure out an outfit to wear for the spring fling. And we see her wonderful daughters, the twins, come and sit down. And they're trolling her a bit. And they're like, Mom, I thought you, like, stepped it up in the fashion. Haven't you been on Instagram and noticed, like, people are dragging you? (laughs) They don't say that much. But they do say, like, Mom, I thought you, you stepped it up. Um... And they do find this kind of very strangely patterned jumpsuit, but very much Giselle. And her daughters are like, yeah, yeah, that'll do. I don't hate it. And Giselle then sees that she gets her invite to the party. Like, we we do actually see Karen sends out these big fancy invites like she always does. And it's like a box of mini tacos. I'm also curious, like, did she send them out same day? Are those tacos still good? Are they, ugh, I don't know if I'd trust eating those. And then a little bottle of tequila in them. So this is going to be a spring kickoff celebration of life taco tequila party. Great. what Love it. Nothing more Karen Huger than that. And we also see a really funny scene. Um, Ashley is at her condo with her baby Dean. And she's opening up the invitation and... Dean, like, grabs the little bottle of tequila and starts opening it. So Ashley has to, like, grab that away from him. And, yeah, Giselle then talks to Robin. You know, her girls are like, all right, bye, Mom. She gets on the Facetune, Facetune, FaceTime with Robin. And they kind of give a little shade to the party about, like, you know, the spring chic dress code and... Karen asks Robin, like, so what does spring chic mean? And Robin goes, that just means whatever's in your closet. (laughs) So then we finally get to the party. Karen shows up to the venue. You know, the decorations are all there. Lots of flowers, lots of petals, all that type of stuff. I think it looks pretty. They have, you know, a signature cocktail named the Cherry Blossom. And yeah, they got the tacos, the tequilas, the past shrimp going around. It looks like a good time i would have liked to been invited to that party and we are introduced to jacqueline who is mia's best friend that they don't want us to forget we are told that this girl is mia's best friend probably eight times in the first two episodes it's so obvious she's vying for a cast spot it's so obvious when these women show up and they're a friend of one of the cast members but they are always trying to vie for their spot and like insert themselves into a fight and get some camera time on them and Jacqueline is a textbook example of this um Karen and Giselle immediately start talking about Ashley again and Karen brings up a really good point that I didn't think of at first and Karen says you know essentially 
let's just be honest. She's using this as a way to get a house because she knows Michael doesn't want to leave his, you know, what'd she call it? Concrete castle. Um, in the, you know, their condo that is terrible for kids, has no yard, all that type of shit. And Karen is like, you know, Ashley knows how to play the game. She's just getting what she needs to for her children. Ashley then shows up to the party. The ladies are asking her, how's it going? And she just tells them right away that Ashley and Michael got a house in the LLC's name. (laughs) Karen and Giselle immediately are like, what? You're lying. Like, you are not getting divorced. You are lying to us. And we see a flashback of... Ashley specifically using the word divorce because here Ashley now starts arguing no I said we're separated I didn't say we're divorced we're separated and both Karen and Giselle are like no you said we are divorced or we are going to be getting separated in the direction of getting divorced and now you're changing stuff you're lying and I just love right off the bat we're calling it out the ladies are there they're ready to just call ashley on her shit and it's just great it's so good to see and ashley you could tell she wasn't expecting necessarily karen and giselle to flat out say like you're lying to us you are not getting divorced (laughs) and we've also find out that um in the state of virginia you have to be what is it separated for a year before you can actually get divorced which is so archaic it's like let women fucking get divorced you assholes but um then we also hear (laughs) that ashley says she got a coochie craving for michael and i about lost my fucking lunch when i heard that and you know so she's sometimes she doesn't know is she making the right decision is she you know back and forth on this type of stuff did not need to hear about the fucking coochie craving though that's gross (laughs) so karen you know says in a talking head then well get yourself a bag of popcorn and some chips snack on that amen don't go back to michael darby that fucking beetlejuice looking motherfucker and his nasty soggy bottom no thank you and i love it karen lays it out to ashley and she goes look we know you want a house and you can't get the house that you want on your own but you have some coins of your own so don't have michael on the deed you know and ashley's kind of like oh shit you're not wrong (laughs) and they you know they mostly just tell her like look you don't sound like somebody that's getting divorced right now and you are really fucking yourself if you do want to get divorced and he's on the deed of your new house you got this llc you have no lawyer Mm. Mm-mm. Ashley, get it together. <laughs> Candace then shows up. Um, she expresses her great delight in knowing that Ashley and Michael are getting divorced. That's <laughs> she's over the moon. She's like, I if this is true, I will throw her a divorce party. I am ready to see her get rid of that crusty ass grabbing man. And I agree. We are all here for it. Free Ashley away from Michael Darby. Damn it! Get that man out of here take him back to australia whatever and wendy then shows up and this is really funny she goes up and she wants to give giselle a hug and giselle is just like "Mm, no thanks no touching no touching and wendy's like i just wanted to come and say hi and giselle goes okay hi no touching bye (laughs) 
And the reason why, and I forgot about this, that, you know, Wendy spent, like, all of last year essentially trashing Giselle for going back with her nasty, holy whore of a husband, well, ex-husband, Jamal. And, I mean, (laughs) Wendy's not wrong, necessarily, to be like, you're an idiot for doing that. But it also was kind of mean, and Giselle's like, nah, I don't need you to touch me. (laughs) I love how just direct with her she is, and... And uh, Wendy just takes the hint. She's like, okay, bye. Now, the girl of the hour shows up. Miss Mia. And as soon as she shows up, everyone is kind of clamoring. Like, oh my god, oh my god, it's on. (laughs) And Giselle, my girl, she is here to earn her paycheck this season. She goes right up to Mia And says hello and goes, so is this what cancer or no cancer looks like? Is this can't, are you sick? What? And Mia says, it looks like I've arrived. (laughs) And this is when Giselle really leans into kind of just being like, so are you sick? Are you not? And really has no qualms about telling Mia, like, your social media post has been sus. And And she actually says that it looks like Mia was trying to say, look at me, look at me, I need attention. Then, you know, Robin shows up to the the little circle huddle, and, you know, Giselle continues explaining why Mia's posts look kind of suspect and attention-seeking, and, you know, kind of all the women are looking around like, okay, what's going on? What's going on? And Mia explains to Giselle at this point that she posted it because she has the platform and she wants to share what she's going through and she was hurting at the time, you know, hurting from the emotional pain of finding out bad news. She says, like, the doctor had called her and said that on her test results, it's likely that she had lymphoma, which is scary as shit if that happened. And so we end the episode on... Mia starting to go off on Giselle and saying, you know, and and this is in the middle of the spring fling party. The ladies are all huddled around. She goes, I've been going through hell, doctor's appointments, all this type of shit. And for you to think I'm attention seeking, fuck you. And then we get a to be continued, which, oh, I just love it. First episode right out the gate ends on a fuck you at the spring fling. Uh, spring fling celebration of life taco party at that our ladies are back everybody i just i'm so excited to see the stuff that's going to happen um episode two has come out uh i'm going to recap episode two and three together episode two was even more explosive than this we are getting into you know the supposed rumors that chris was hitting up ashley to hang out with him at his work and Oh my god, it's so bad what Giselle is trying to do and just how badly she has misstepped in her producing of a storyline this year. Um, and it's it's really good. I'm really, I can't believe it, but I'm actually on Candace's side for once. I usually do not fuck with Candace and don't have much sympathy or much to relate with her on. I usually find her to be a clown. But this whole storyline of them trying to push, like, Chris made Giselle uncomfortable and stuff is not going to fly. And I love seeing Candace essentially, like, break the fourth wall and say to them, like, no, fuck you. We're not doing this. And that happens in episode two. Um, I'm going to, I'm kind of petering out now, and I need to actually go through that episode again and kind of take better notes. But I'm going to go through 
Um, that in episode three, which is coming out tonight, ah! um, in my next Potomac episode. And then I'm also going to talk about the last two episodes of Sister Wives, too. So I'm going to try and get some episodes out. You know, we're going to do the damn thing as much as I can. But like I said, Potomac has been getting so good. I'm really excited to see what happens with this storyline with Mia. Um, I'm excited to see what happens with Candace and Giselle and how, like, that all plays out. I'm really hoping Ashley does actually divorce that crusty-ass Michael Darby, and so we never have to see him cackling on our screens again or see him ass-grabbing at a Christmas party. I, you know, please, give us that. Give us that. (laughs) But yeah, um, at this point, though, follow us on Instagram, Adventures in Reality TV, Send us an email at adventuresinrealitytv at gmail.com. Subscribe, like, follow. Send a message. Let me know what you're watching on TV. Scripted, unscripted. What are you liking? What aren't you liking? I like to hear from you guys. It's really fun to see the different states where I'm seeing people are listening from. I'm hoping I get to all 50 states at some point. I found somebody was listening from Jamaica this week. Um, a few people in the Netherlands, which I'm pretty sure that's Vivian spreading the word, the great word of the adventures. So thank you for that. (laughs) I'm just assuming that my friend is in the Netherlands telling people about it. So thanks to, uh, how do you say hello in Dutch? Hello. Oh no, wait, that's German. Fuck it. I don't know. Anyways, I'll talk to you guys soon. Be good to one another. Don't be an asshole. Bye. This has been a production of Sea Money Entertainment. Follow us on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV.